John chapter 5, verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and the Jews went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem, by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. And these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, a blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, steppeth in, was made whole of whatever whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. Can you imagine being in that condition? That's that's longer time than both of my children been here on earth. Amen. And when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? Amen. You sick of your condition yet? Do you want you want something to help you? Amen. That's what he's trying to tell them. Listen, that's what the sinners need. They need to be a long time in a case sometimes for God to get through of them. Say, you want a remedy? You want some help? Would you like to be delivered? You sick of this situation yet? Amen. Verse 7, And a potent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water's troubled to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus said unto him, saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the Sabbath, or on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him, that was cured. It is not, it is a Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. And he answered them, and he, he that made me whole, the same said unto me, take up thy bed and walk. Then asked they him, what man is that which said unto thee, take up thy bed and walk? And he said that was healed, wist not who it was. Or he that was healed, wist not who it was. For Jesus had conveyed him Self away, a multitude being in that place, conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus findeth him where? In the temple, and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. And the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which made him whole. Therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done this, these things on the Sabbath day. Father, we love you. I ask you to bless the message. Uh, speak to our hearts. Help us to be able to help somebody in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen, this man here is a picture of a sinner that's crippled by sin. Amen. And he couldn't walk until God touched him and made him whole. It's a picture of a sinner getting saved. Amen. Not being baptized. Amen. It's that God spoke to him and touched him and changed him. But he had to have a desire in his heart to be changed. Amen. Somebody needs to realize they're a sinner and they're sick of their sin and sick of their situation. Amen. And they need to be saved. But preachers won't deal with the situation. Preachers won't get somebody lost. Preachers won't provide the remedy for them to get saved. You must deal with your sin. Amen. Christ died for our sins. Amen. Listen, that's why people don't want to come to an old-time Bible-believing church because we make them deal with not only what they do, but who they are. Amen. 
Right? You must deal with it. God wants you to deal with it. But notice what he said. Uh, uh, notice in verse 14. Afterward, Jesus findeth him where? In the temple. You know where a sinner ought to, you know what a sinner that gets saved ought to go? Ought to go to church. Amen. A sinner that gets saved ought to go to church. What kind of church? A Bible believing church. One that believes God's book, the authorized version. The one with authority. Where the word of a king is, there's power. Amen. They need to go to a church where a preacher's not smart enough to correct it. Amen. Listen, I'm not smart enough to correct the book. Amen. I don't want to learn Greek and I don't want to learn Hebrew. Amen. I just need to learn the English Bible with the light and understanding from the Holy Ghost. Amen. Listen, God said, study to show thyself approved. The workman need not be ashamed. Approved unto God. A workman need not be ashamed. Rightly divide the word of truth. I have the word of truth. Yeah. Jesus said, search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. You know what? I got a copy of the scriptures and I search them. Amen. Amen. I, ain't, I ain't calling up a bunch of other people to tell me what the book says. Right. Amen. Yeah. So how can you tell if God, uh, a man's of God or not? He ain't going to correct the book. Amen. He ain't going to rob your faith. He ain't going to place your faith in him. He's going to place your faith in the book. Amen. Amen. Where do you need to go? You need to go to church. Yeah. Amen. Listen, you can, back, you can be backslidden and go to church. Yeah. Amen. But faith cometh by hearing. hearing and hearing by the word of God. At least you're under the sound of preaching. Amen. For unto us which are saved, what? The preaching of the cross is what? The power of God. Amen. Listen, you can receive power. You can receive hope. You can receive instruction. God can do something through preaching. The man was in church. Right? He was in the temple. I understand that. We're spiritualizing it. You understand? You understand? Amen. Listen, we got to go to church. Listen, there's a lot of great things you get from church. That's not today's message. Amen. But Jesus found them, assembled, right? And said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Notice what he says. Sin what? No more. The greatest advice you can give to a new convert is sin no more. Quit your sinning. Get out of sin. Amen. 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 Less what? Less the worst thing come upon you. Turn to John chapter number 8. John chapter number 8. Listen. You've got to deal with sin. God, Jesus says over here in John 8 verse 24... I said, therefore unto you, for ye shall die in your sins. If you believe not, I am he. Amen. Ye shall die where? In your sins. Do you want to die in your sins? I don't want to die in my sins. I won't die in my sins. Amen. I don't want to die participating and practicing sin. Listen, I got saved dealing with my sin, and I dealt with my sin. Jesus Christ said, he'll take it away. He'll forgive me. He'll wash me. He'll cleanse me. Right? Amen. And when I repented and came to him, I've left the practice of sin. Yeah, Amen. Amen. I've been sinning a whole lot less than what I was. I was a participant in sin. I loved sin. I rolled in sin. Amen. I wanted to sin. I thrived on it. When I got saved, somebody moved in and said, guess what? Get it out. Get rid of it. Amen. Get away from there. Don't go there no more. Don't say that. Huh? Don't touch this. Don't touch that. Come out from among them. Be ye separate, say the Lord. Amen. Listen, God wanted me to get out of the sinning business. Paul said, God forbid that I should glory save in what? The cross of the Lord Jesus by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto it. Something happened when I got saved. There's been a crucifixion. And now God wants me not to be a partaker of sin. 
Amen. Look at what he said to the woman taken in adultery. Amen. He writes on the ground. Amen. Verse uh, uh, 4. And they said on him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down, and with his finger he wrote on the ground as though he what? Heard them not. So when they continued to ask him, he lifted himself up and said on them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, amen, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and a woman standing in the midst. You know, ain't that funny? She's standing in the midst. But everybody wants to portray her. She's laying on the ground. <laughs> Huh? Every time they draw that picture, they got her laying on the ground with a kind of semi-naked with a with a, a towel or something around her. She ain't laying on the ground. She's standing right there in the midst. You understand? Got to be careful. People don't read the Bible very accurately, do they? Standing in the midst, and when Jesus lifted himself up, he saw none but the woman, and said unto her, Woman, where are thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? Listen, Jesus wasn't staring him in the eyeballs, was he? He, he? he knelt down and he wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. He wasn't looking at him. He spoke the word. <clears throat> right? He said, He that was out sin, let him cast the first stone at her. Right? Yeah. And you know what? He allowed the word to work on their conscience. They being convicted by their conscience. It wasn't that he was intimidating them, looking them in the face and putting his finger in their face. Some preachers think, amen, it's their intimidation by the way they preach and how they get red in the face and get in somebody's face and sitting there ah, like that. And they think that's what does the magic. You understand? It's the Word working on their conscience. Amen. You preach the Word, the Word will penetrate. It will get out here and God's Word will begin to work on somebody's conscience. And God can deal with them. Hello. Now he wrote some things. What do you think he wrote? Dr. Ruckman said he wrote Leviticus 20, verse 10. The, he said that you're to stone the adulterer and the adulteress. Plural. Two. Basically, he was saying, where's the man? He said a woman was caught in a very act. Well, where's the man? Takes two to commit adultery, doesn't it? Somebody's trying to set a woman up. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. And they're, they're, somebody, they're protecting a fella. Why are they protecting a fella? Why do they want to sabotage this woman? Why do they want to protect this man? Maybe this man was one of their buddies. Maybe he was in their Masonic Lodge protecting one of their patrons. Hello, I don't know what he was. But you understand they're trying to cover up something. They're trying to protect something. And Jesus Christ makes them deal with their sin personally. He said, all right, this woman may be deserving killed. She may deserve to be stoned. He said, let me deal with, let me put the ball in your court. Let's deal with your sin. He that's without sin, go ahead, pick up a rock, throw it at her. You know what they said? A whole lot of fingers began to start pointing back at them, didn't it? And the eldest one said, he would have to go there, wouldn't he? Walked away. You understand? Amen. It's real easy for us to want to point the finger at people. Yeah. And Jesus. Jesus wind up dealing with it. What if, what if he wrote over there in, in, in Exodus, Thou shalt not commit adultery? And then what if he wrote over there in Exodus, Thou shalt not bear false witness? They were lying there covering up for somebody. 
He could have said, where's the man? <laughs> I don't know exactly what he wrote, but he wrote something down there. And when they heard it, some people say it's the writing, but I think they heard his word about being sinless. Yep. They weren't sinless. Everybody in their right mind understands they've sinned and trespassed against God. But preachers don't want to go there. Preachers don't want to deal with that thing. But Jesus is willing to deal with it. We need to go to the one that can deal with sin and knows how to handle sin. It's Jesus. Right? Now look what he says. In verse 10, And when he lifted up himself, he saw none but the woman. And he said unto her, Woman, where are thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? And she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and what? Sin no more. He didn't say go and keep practicing your sin to about three or four years down the road. Somebody's saved, they get saved and they're living in fornication. God doesn't say, you guys work on that thing for about six years and then finally you wean yourself off it after you can finally get on your feet. He doesn't say that, does he? He said what? Stop it. Right now. Quit. Get out of it. Amen. Well, I, I can't do that. I mean, I got nowhere to live. What did you get that mess for to begin with? Amen. We got to deal with that thing. You know, the best time to quit sinning is when you get saved. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Quit going to the bar. Quit smoking. You say I can't. Listen, if God gave the power to forgive you all your sins. He gave you the power to quit all that stuff. Sure. I wrestled with smoking for years. I tried to fight. I'd, I'd, I'd lay them on the altar. I'd get. I'd get right. Lay them on the altar. Throw them away. Amen. Drive down Seven Eleven. Pick up another pack. Start smoking. I wrestled with that thing, wrestled with that thing, fought that thing. Listen, that thing kept me falling on my face and kept me trying to get right with God. They're gone. Amen. This, this coming year is fixing to be 32 years been gone. I said, if I can go 24 hours, I can, I can quit. Went 24 hours, I said, I can go 48. Went 48, went 96. Went 96, went a week. I said, I go one week, go two. Went two weeks, said, I go four. Went a month, I went two months. Amen. I went a year. Now I've gone 32 years. Amen. Without one coming January, Super Bowl Sunday, listen, I can go, I can go 32 more years. Right? We don't have to sin, but we want to sin. We desire to sin. We crave sin. Why do you think they want to make it a habit? It's habitual. It's what you learn. You can unlearn things. Amen. You don't have to take your feet to a bar. You don't have to go to a, a party where they're going to be drinking and smoking and cussing and fornicating. Right? If a man's got trouble with lust, he don't have to go someplace where they know they got pictures hanging up. He don't have to entertain. Listen, I don't need no help from a magazine. <laughs> their video. If I want to sin in my mind, I, I, there's plenty of material on that on that thing there. I don't have to. I can dream anything I want to dream. Uh-huh. Right? Hello. Listen. It's there. It's available. I don't have to. God doesn't want to. Listen. Psalm four says what? Psalm four four. Brother Gabbard preached it not too long ago. Standing on what? Sin not. Right? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. This is a hard one. The best advice you can give to a new convert, amen, you deal with the sin. He sees his sins are condemned him. Amen. Right? Sins broke out all over him. He's got spiritual leprosy, so to speak. He needs to get out of sin. There's problem sin. He's got to get away from it. Now, Jesus Christ absolved him of the penalty of it. Right? He ain't going to go to hell. But he don't now he needs to quit practicing sin. He needs to understand that sin is something God doesn't want him to participate in. 
That's why you need to come to church. That's why you need to read the Bible. That's why you need to be around Christian brethren that will help you and encourage you not to get there. And you need to replace sin with something that's right. Right? If you listen to rock music, amen, you need to listen to Christian music. You run around with a bunch of devils, you need to run around with a bunch of reprobate Christians. <laughs> amen? But good people, people that are right with God, people that want to live for God. Amen? Change communication. Don't run around with people to cuss. You run around with people to cuss and talk, you're going to be talking just like them and telling dirty jokes. Listen, all that stuff ought to be left behind. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Verse 34, awake to righteousness and sin not. You know what God wants us to do? He wants us to get spiritually awakened. Christians fall asleep. That's what revival's all about. What? To get people awoke, awakened to righteousness. What's right? There you go. What's right? He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. You know what he says in 1 John? All unrighteousness is sin. So we got to find out what righteousness is. And we need to do it. We need to practice it. Right? Awake to righteousness and sin not. Be simple concerning evil. The Bible said abstain from all appearance of evil. If it looks evil, looks bad, stay away from the appearance of it. Amen. Amen. People don't want to go there. Listen, the big thing in Christianity today is how much sin can I get by with and still be spiritual? Right. That's what they're doing. They're trying to teach people you can go out and do whatever you want. Listen, there's a church down south of Dayton here. They drop the F-bombs all the time. They're cussing God all the time. The associate pastor said, I won't be at church Sunday. We're going to have a, a college party, and I'm going to get stoned, and I won't be able to make it to church Sunday. Thinking it's all right to go out and party and get smashed with all his lost buddies. Wow. And he drops the F-bomb all the time, and they think that's all right. They think spirituality is living looking like the devil. Come out from among them. Be separate. I don't want to look like them. I don't want to even look like the appearance of evil. Why do Christians think that they ought to look like the world, act like the world, to draw the world? Amen. You want to draw flies? Look like a cow patty. Amen. Right? Hello. Right? Amen. Amen. Listen, I'm trying to tell you, man, you want to create a stink? You're going to draw the wicked. Amen. God expects you to look different. People don't want to. Christians want to look as worldly as they can. They want to look just like, listen, girls want to look just as horse as Hollywood. Yeah. God, God wants you to be a godly woman and a clean woman and a saintly woman and a modest woman and a virtuous woman. She does not hang out of her body, out of her clothes. Right? She don't have her body hanging out everywhere. Right. Everybody, look at me. I'm a Barbie doll. Oh, puke. Yeah. Amen. God wants a virtuous woman to cover up. Amen. Amen. Right. Amen. A woman that wants to flaunt it. Amen. Instead of coming to Baptist Church and flaunt it, go down here in North Dixie. They'll pay you to flaunt it. Yeah. Amen. Hello. Wake to righteousness and what? Sin not. Some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. God wants us to go out and alert people about things. The knowledge of God makes you deal with sin. Awake to righteousness. What did he say? But seek ye first the kingdom of what? God and His righteousness. See? God wants us to do right. God wants us to know right from wrong. It's God's man's responsibility to preach right from wrong. What you say in 1 John chapter number 2, verse 1? My little children, I write unto you that ye what? 
Sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father Jesus Christ, the righteous. Yeah, amen. amen. God wants us out of the sinning business. Right. Go back to John 5. God wants you to deal with sin. Well, I was or I am not in deep sin. Okay, somebody might say that. I was never in deep sin, preacher. Okay, get out of shallow sin. Right? Well, I wasn't in big sin, preacher. Okay, quit your little sins. Sin is sin. God wants you to put away lying. God doesn't want you to, amen, give place to the devil. You know what Christians do? They give place to the devil. They provide an opportunity for the devil to spiritually shipwreck them. Oh, preacher, I messed up. Well, what was you doing next to the fire? Right. I got burnt. Well, quit playing with fire. Quit playing with matches. Yeah. Amen. Quit running with them to do. Well, I won't have any friends. Oh, yeah, so all the Christians in church are stick in the mud, right? I'd rather be with a stick in the mud than I would to be out there in the, with, with all the other people out there in sin. Amen. Listen, when I got saved, man, listen, I, I didn't care. I like being around the old ladies and old, man, old men of God that wanted to enjoy Jesus. I enjoyed it. I wanted to be around them. For some reason, I don't understand when people get saved, they want to run from the preacher and they want to run from church. I wanted to get in and I wanted to be around them. I mean, tell me about Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus. Amen. He did something for me. I want to talk about him. I want to talk about his book. I have a problem with somebody that don't want to talk about his book. Yeah. There's preachers who don't want to talk about the Bible. Well, I studied all week long and I don't want to talk about it. There's something ain't right with you, bud. A preacher don't want to talk about Jesus, don't want to talk about the book, there is a problem. Yeah. Amen. He's probably under conviction. He's probably lost. And he don't want to be made guilty. Mm -hmm. Amen. Phil Kidd said if a preacher won't preach on sin, he's guilty of it because he's living in it. Yeah. Amen. What's it say here? Verse 14. And afterward Jesus find him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more or less than what? Worst thing. You, you want to talk about something? Jesus, Jesus put a little admonition right there. He said, Bud, you don't quit your sin. Something worse could come upon you. Sure. I was dealing with a backslider. And I was dealing with him at work. And he said, what's the worst thing that happened to me? God killed me and gave me a gold mansion run the streets of gold? I said, you got to be kidding me. He thought there was nothing wrong with sinning. He thought, oh, the best thing that ever happened, I mean, God just killed me. I said, there's a whole lot worse things that come upon you than just God killing you. Yes. He never even thought about it. Amen. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 5. 1 Corinthians chapter number 5. <laughs> you know, some people, some people, man, they, they, they just amaze me. He, he just thought, I can go out and sin, I can live the way I want to sin, and do what I want to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, is reported commonly that there is fornication among you. And such fornication is not so much named among the Gentiles. That one should have his father's... He's sleeping, fornicating with his stepmother. Are ye puffed up? Have not rather mourned that he that done this deed might be taken away from among you? Listen, these Christians were sitting there laughing and enjoying themselves Thinking this guy was in some kind of sport. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> oh, yeah. He said, you ought to be weeping about it. You ought to have a different attitude and approach towards your sin. Verse 3, But I verily was absent in body, but present in spirit, and I have judged already as though I were present concerning him that had done this deed. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together in my spirit with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ to deliver such a one where? On a saint for the? destruction of the flesh and the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. God said, you know what? 
There's a worse thing come upon you. It turned you over to the devil. And the devil sit back and say, God say, hey, here's my child. He don't want to respond to me. He don't want to listen to the word of God. He don't want to listen to the book. He don't want to listen to the preaching. So you know what, devil? You can have him. And anything you desire to do to him, you have privilege. Snuff him out, kill him, destroy his flesh. He's turned over to you, destroy it. Oh, my soul. You want turned over to the devil? You want God to look at the devil and say, you can do anything, you, you can destroy him however you please. Whatever devices, whatever thing, I don't care how much you make him suffer, destroy his flesh. Boy, boy, I'm telling you, you that guy, he got real quiet. You understand? Amen. I said, you think you're going to sin and get by? You're going to mock God and get by? That little squirt thinks he was so tough, he wound up going back to his Christian boss and wound up stealing from his Christian boss. Guess what? He got some prison time. I bet you he wore lipstick too. If you're saved, you you understand what I'm talking about. Amen! People think they can sin and get by. And they took that little squirt and put him in prison. I guarantee you he became somebody's girlfriend. You said that stuff don't happen. I'm telling you, I've dealt with the prisoners. I've been out there. God turned them over to a bunch of sodomites, and guess what? God, please! Yeah, well, I ain't hearing you. You, wouldn't, you didn't want to quit sinning. God, please! Yeah, go ahead and sin. You don't know what you get involved in. You don't know how far depravity God will allow you to go. Amen. Listen, they had a song years ago. They sung a charity. Sin will take me farther than I want to go, cost me more than I want to pay, and keep me longer than I want to stay. You just can't get out of it under your own strength and power. And a Christian who wants a fool with it, mock God. God said, be not deceived. God is not mocked. What silver man soweth that shall he also reap? Well, Christians don't live like the fear of God that God will turn them over to the Satan and allow the flesh to be destroyed by the devil. Yeah. What kind of preaching are you doing? Yes, God is gracious, God is kind, God is loving, but he doesn't give me a driver's license to sin. Get out of it, quit it, run from it, stay away from it. He attaches problems to sin. Amen. And there's one connected with it, and it's the author of it. It's the devil. And he'll turn you over to destruction of flesh and let him destroy your flesh. I know somebody's flesh is being destroyed right now, and they're squealing like a stuck hog. And there ain't nothing nobody can do as that body's destroyed. They mocked God. They laughed at God. They would take cigarettes and go... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what am I going to get? Cancer? Huh? Yeah, well, okay. Keep mocking. Amen. You think God didn't see them kind of things, them kind of statements? Right. Turn around and mock people? And now they're in a situation, they're begging and pleading for mercy, and guess what? Mercy just ain't a come running. See, people don't want you to see that stuff. They want to paint death in a pretty light. All this crushed velvet and the Cadillac flowers and all this other kind of stuff. Amen. They want to spe- create a special ward in the hospital where they done pumped you up full of morphine and wheel you down to the end of the ward where nobody can see and hear you scream and holler. I just think I ought to get closer I can to God. 
Amen. And get close I can to that book, stay out of sin. Because I know sin has a consequence. And I understand when I sow to the flesh, the ships come in. And when the ships start coming in, amen, there may no be no crop failure. There may need be no tsunami come in and wipe out the things I sowed in the flesh. All I can do is snuggle up close as I can to the Lamb of God and say, God, please, I know I've sinned in the flesh. I know I've done wrong. Please, would you let me not have to reap everything I sowed? Amen. So what are you trying to do? I'm trying to sow to the Spirit. That I might be able to reap life. People want to sow to the flesh. Oh man, I'm telling you what. They have no earthly idea how bad it will get. Lest the worst thing come upon thee. What about the chastening hand of God? Whom the Father loveth, He chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom He receiveth. I'm telling you, I just want to stay out of the woodshed. I just don't like the stripes that's placed upon me. Yes, sir. Amen. Huh? Right? Huh? You ever, you ever discipline a child? Huh? Right? Huh? Amen. Yeah. Putting their feet up there. Hello. They done been whipped a few times. Amen. And little Johnny's running. It ain't fun. But the whole purpose is correction to change your habits. The world wants to call it punishment. God calls it correction. Amen. Amen. Buddy Blunkall had a son. He said, boy, you mess up. I'm going to teach you. I'll show you how hard I can hit you with this paddle. His son went and sinned again. That warning, that reproof wasn't enough. Amen? And uh, guess what Blake did? He did it again. And Buddy said, what in the world did you do that for? And Blake goes, I just want to see how hard you can hit me. He said, you're going to find out, son. You're going to find out. Amen? <laughs> I mean, he talked about, I just want to find out. I remember seeing Buddy with his son, John. I'm not trying to pick on his children. Please forgive me, children. But I'm just telling you life. I'm telling you what Buddy said in the pulpit. Okay, and uh, John John was walking along, and uh, John got in trouble, and J- Buddy had him by the hand, and John's going, "I said I was sorry." <laughs> he said, "Yeah, well, you know, just saying I'm sorry just ain't enough sometimes." Yeah. Hey, man, you've been you've been warned, you've been told, and somehow we just think we can say I'm sorry. You know what? The word sorry has lost its meaning anymore. Yeah, people don't just. Realize that. You understand? The chasing hand of God. Listen, God will chasten you. God will scourge you. God will turn you over to destruction of flesh. Man to Satan. I don't, I don't want any of them. Amen. Number one. When you get turned over to chasing hand of God, you'll understand the curse of sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Amen. Sin bringeth, lust bringeth forth sin. Sin bringeth forth Death and death and sin when it's finished bring forth death. Number one or number oh, I'm sorry. Number next. Number next. The chasing hand of God. Then you understand the curse of sin. Then you understand the cruelness of Satan. You know what? Satan's very cruel. There's a lot of people out there that think that they can sin, and they can they 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 think they can worship the devil, 
and somehow they've made Satanism appealing, attractive, and people are getting wealthy and rich beyond compare by serving and worshiping the devil. They think he's a pleasurable guy. They think Jesus Christ is the bad guy, that he's the meanie and he's the bully, and they have twisted people's mind to think that playing with the devil's good. The devil destroys everyone that comes to him. The devil's taking every one of them to hell with them. The devil will leave you hanging dry. Just about the time you can think you can get out, it's done. Look at how many Hollywood actors and Hollywood singers and how many famous people have served the devil and look where they're at and watch how they died. They served the devil and he bails out on every one of them. Gary Luchik preaches a message on the little gingerbread boy. And he talks about the little gingerbread boy and the little gingerbread boy had to get across a, a river. And he couldn't make it on the river and the fox said, hop on, I'll take you. And he got on the fox and he's riding on the fox and the fox kept getting deeper and the little gingerbread boy kept getting higher and higher on the fox till he got up around his head. And he, he, he built confidence that the, the fox, which is a type of the devil, would protect him and get him across the other side. And just about then the, the fox twists his head and eats the little gingerbread boy. Why? Because people get close to the devil and they think the devil ain't going to hurt them. And they believe all his lies. And they, he, he does something nice and good for them to set them up. And people get set up. That's the thing that's happening here. They don't understand the, the chasing hand of the Lord. They don't understand the curse of sin. They don't understand the cruelness of Satan. They don't understand the cares of this life. Amen? The cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in, choke the fruit. Amen? The cares of this world will ruin you. Amen. What's a soldier supposed to do of Jesus Christ? Yeah, but he's not to be entangled with the affairs of this life. Amen. The devil knows that he can wind up getting you in a snare and entangling you and destroying you if he can get a servant of the Lord entangled with the affairs of this life. The devil wants us to get, get attached to the affairs of this life. The devil wants to draw us into the affairs of this life. The devil wants us to get involved in where we're trying to do and participate in this life. Places and things we should not even be doing as Christians, as soldiers. Next thing you know, they're wrapped up. They're tied up. They're entangled. They're ensnared. Amen. Now the servant of the Lord can't even get out there and help somebody else because he's messed up. What's the philosophy in war? Yeah, you want to take out people, but if you wound a bunch of people, you wind up having to have three or four or five guys have to carry them out. And next thing you know, you got four guns no longer shooting at you because they got to carry a guy out. So they're, 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 that's the process of war. Wound them versus kill them. Why? Because then you can get more. And as they're coming in to carry in the wounded, you can just pick them off. That's what the devil wants to do. He wants to get us tied up to where we put our weapons down. You know what Nehemiah said over there, Nehemiah? He said over there he had a tool in one hand and a sword in the other. He said, I'm working a good work. I can't come down. Amen. You know what they wanted to do? Come on down. Get off the wall. Quit working. Come on down here. Come down here and reason with us. Come down here and talk with us. Sam Ballot, Dubai, and all them. He said, I'm working a good work. I can't come down. And he's up there with a weapon and he's up there with a sword. Or a sword and, a, and, a, and his tool. You know what the devil wants us to do? He wants us to come down off the place of work and get out there and get involved in affairs of this life to where we become ineffective and get entangled in some kind of stupid arguments that don't matter. You know how many times I've been out soul winning and, and talking to somebody and there goes a soul over there and, I'm, and some idiot wants to argue with me? 
Some idiot just wants to get me to where all I do is spend my time arguing with him, trying to straighten out his doctrine, and sinners are walking by that may have been able to have a chance to get saved. The devil sends in little rascals. I hate it, man, them little imps of hell. Amen. All they want to do is hinder you and stop you and slow you down. And then my spiritual pride rises up, and I'm going to set him straight. I'm going to fix this Mormon. I'm going to fix this JW. I'm going to fix this Pentecostal. Hello? Amen. Listen. After the first and second, what? Admonition. The heretic, what? Reject. Why should I reject a heretic? Because he sinneth from the beginning and he's subverted. Something's undermining him. The reason he's a heretic is because he's got some sin down in here that he ain't dealt with. Amen? Something else. His heresy is a fruit on a tree, not the root. So we've got to get to the root of the matter. And a lot of preachers are up here trying to chop the fruit. And they're not down here dealing, laying the axe to the root. That's what John the Baptist did. He laid the axe to the root. And we, gotta be, we can't be afraid to pull the punches. But you know what happens when you tell a king it's not lawful for you to have your brother Philip's wife. What happens? Gets his head cut off. That's why a lot of Baptist preachers won't preach on sin and deal with some things because they might lose their life. Amen. They might lose some members of their church. They might lose a congregation. They might lose Mr. Big Tithe. Hello? Amen. Amen. You understand the cares of this world. How about this? Amen. Lest the worst thing come upon thee. How about to control the flesh? How would you like to be under the control of the flesh that you can't get out of your own way? Look at John chapter 17. Jesus took care of the world, didn't he? Over there in First John, he that believeth on the, that Jesus is the Son of God overcometh the world, right? right? He takes care of the world. John 17. Verse 1, These things spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son may also glorify thee. Verse 2, As thou hast given him power over all flesh. Isn't that a blessing? Amen. And that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only true God, Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Listen, Jesus Christ has power of all flesh. You don't want to be left to your flesh. You don't want to be left to yourself. If all you got is flesh, you're in trouble. You'll never be able to overpower, never be able to have the strength to overcome. Listen, I need the overcoming power and overcoming strength just to get out of my own way. Amen. Listen, some people never get the victory over the flesh. The flesh controls them, dictates them. Listen, they serve their belly. Belly says go and they just follow it. They do what the belly says. They crave, they want, they desire, and they have, they get. But they can't ever get out of they can't ever get out of the way of the flesh. They can't ever tell the flesh no. Amen. They can't rise up and do something spiritual because they're so fleshly. You know what you know what flesh spelled backwards spells? Self. The self life. Men in the last days be lovers of them own selves. Amen. Listen, you want victory over flesh? You must go to Jesus Christ. He must give you the power over the flesh. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let's go to Romans 8. Romans 8. We're just dealing with a few things about the flesh. The flesh is wicked. Amen. 
You ought to go through and mark your Bible where it says flesh. The flesh lusteth against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. So you cannot do the things that ye would. You want to, I, can't, I can't get out of my own way, preacher. I'm a mess. Quit living in flesh. Yeah, but you don't understand. Die to self. Yeah, but preacher, the Bible says there must be first a willing mind. Amen. Right? they got to have a willing heart and a willing mind. they got to be willing to do something for God. Yeah. If there ain't no will to do something for God, all you'll ever do is serve the flesh. Right. There first must be a willing mind. Romans chapter number 8, verse 5. For they that are what? After the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, and they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. Let me ask you a question. What are you after? People that want to sin and do work after the flesh, guess what? They'll have plenty of flesh to go after. Amen? But you mind the things of the Spirit, and you, and you want to be filled with the things of the Spirit, you know what God will do? The Spirit of God will kick in and help you do the spiritual things you should do. Do you have a desire to live for God? Do you have a desire for the will of God? I, I question why people don't have a desire for the will of God. I, I have a, I, I, It just bothers me. I don't understand it. Verse 6, for to be carnally minded is what? Death. The spiritually minded is life and peace. I know people's lives are wrecked. Emotionally, they're a mess. It shouldn't be that way. Because why? If you're spiritually minded, it's life and peace. There ain't no peace in our house, preacher. Somebody's in the flesh. Who's in the flesh? Who's walking in the flesh? Who wants things of God and who wants the things of the world? Verse 7, because the carnal mind is what? Enmity against God, for it is not so to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh, what? Cannot. Cannot, cannot please God. You know what? God will turn you over to control of the flesh. You're, you're, in a, you're in a place that you can never please God. How would you like to be? I don't, I don't ever want to be there. If I want to serve the flesh and I want to serve sin and I want to walk after sin and God says, you want it, boy, get it. Get it. Get it. And people sit back and say, I, I just can't quit. Listen, we used to have a man sit right here on the front pew. Amen. He's within an hour's drive from here. He can't shake that bottle no matter how much he tries. He can't give up that bottle. He can't give up that dope. He can't give up his cigarettes. He can't give up his fornication. He is, he is consumed with it and he cries and weeps. You don't know how many times that guy's called me one, two, three o'clock in the morning weeping and crying. You don't know how many times he showed up at my doorstep, preacher, I need your help. <laughs> can't shake it. Can't get rid of it. Why? He's under the control of the flesh. Given over to it. I'm telling you, what, what, a, what a scary thing. God turn you over to your own desires and let you have them and let the flesh ruin you. Not only to control the flesh, but the, the carnality of the flesh. Amen. What about this? First Timothy chapter number 4. First Timothy chapter number 4. Verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience what? Seared. How? With a hot iron. You know what I've had so many people tell me, Christians tell me? Well, preacher, I just can't see that. I don't see nothing wrong with it. You don't see nothing wrong with that? How come How come a hundred preachers stand up and tell you what's wrong with that, but then you, spiritual little Christian, know so much, can't see a thing wrong with it? Their conscience gets a place where it's seared. They don't even bother them. They're sinning. I don't see nothing wrong with it. The Holy Ghost doesn't tell you that you just sinned. The Holy Ghost doesn't tell you that you just did wrong. The Holy Ghost doesn't prick you about thinking wrong things. Their conscience is seared. 
when they don't see nothing wrong with sin and worldliness, something, something's severely wrong. And if they're not bothered by it, listen, guys cuss and don't think nothing about it, they don't bother you. People sit down and go to rated R movies and watch nudity and sex and all that, and they don't see nothing wrong with it. Don't even bat an eye at it. Sit there. They don't, they don't even bother. Something ain't right about that. I mean, you get to a place where your conscience can't even be bothered. Sin doesn't even bother you. Sin ought to bother you. Darkness ought to bother you. Listen, I hate to see the storm clouds. I see the weeds growing in in this world. Yeah. I see the clouds coming in and gathering. I hate it. I'm trying to chop it off. Hey, man, I hate it. I'm trying to shine my little tiny little flashlight bright as I can shine it. You understand? Listen, you got to cut them back. All I know is up in Kentucky, when Brother Combs was up in Kentucky, hey, man, he had to cut the bushes back. And the more he kept, the more he stayed there, the more he cut the bushes back, the more stuff he cut back. Why? Because snakes and all kinds of critters, amen, the closer them weeds get to the house, the closer the snakes are to you. And the rats are to you. Amen. There's a bunch of things in them woods that come out of there you don't want in your backyard. Cut it back. There ain't no place for them to hide. You know what we got to do? We got to cut it back in our Christian life. Don't give the devil a place to hide. Don't give him a chance. Amen. The searing of the conscience. You know what? I believe you can lose the fear of God. I, listen, I got my uncle Dwayne's been bothered by a preacher that kept telling him we're not to fear God, and they're getting on the radio waves and said we're not to fear God. We're to reverence God. I'm telling you, there's a guy that's got a problem. We're to fear God. Listen, the proverb says, By the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. You know what I'm supposed to do as a Christian? I'm to hate evil. Right? Pride. Boy, that's a good thing we ought to hate. A bunch of men running around their leotards called gay what? Pride. God said to hate pride. And they're coming out of the closet. We're proud. Yeah, God hates you. God resists the proud. Oh, we got to tolerate them. We got to love them. No, you got to stand for God and hate their sin and what they are. Amen. Amen. Christians want to embrace this stuff. Then they say we ought to make them Sunday school teachers and preachers in our church. I say, get out of sin. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And they want to bless fornication and say nothing wrong with fornication. They're crippled too high for crutches. They're not sanctified. This is the will of God. Even your sanctification. Did you abstain from fornication? Abstain. That means quit it. Knock it off. Get out of it. Why? Because it's the will of God. You understand? How they embrace all this junk. They've lost the fear of God. They're trying to get Christians to lose the fear of God. The fear of God is clean, enduring forever. Right? He said in 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1, Amen, perfecting holiness, what? In the fear of God. How? He says, let us cleanse ourselves from all the filthiness of the flesh and spirit. We gotta hate it. You know what I gotta do? I gotta preach it. I gotta warn Christians. Why? Because we can get to a place we can lose the fear of God. Go and sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon thee. What? You can lose the fear of God. That's a healthy thing. And preachers are trying to turn around and say that we, we're not to fear God. They're trying to get me to disarm me and get me away from fearing God. Good night. You're on the side of the devil. That's a demonic man speaking right there. He comes, uh, he wants us to love him and comes with all this lovey-dovey junk. I'm telling you, that's deception of the devil. 
He's coming in guile. He's coming in deceit. Right? Trying to get me feel the wrong way. Trying to let me take my foot off the accelerator and start accepting sin by not fearing God. Solomon gets done writing the book of Ecclesiastes. He said, let's come to the whole conclusion of the matter. Fear God. <laughs> Keep His commandments. Amen? Well, what's for us? What commandments are for us? Fear God. Amen? Amen. We can lose the fear of God. We can lose faith in God. Let's go to 1 John chapter number 3. So, preacher, what are you talking about? You can lose faith in God. There's a bunch of people who's lost faith in God. Amen. First John chapter number 3, verse 19. Hereby we know that we are the truth and shall assure our hearts before Him. Verse 20. If our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart. Amen. Amen. And knoweth all things. God knows all about your troubled heart. He understands. Verse 21. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence towards God. You know what happens? People wind up getting to the place where they lose confidence in God. They lose faith in God. Why? Because they allow sin to enter in. And they allow things to enter their life that God doesn't want. And they've dismissed it by their conscience. Amen. And now they're approving all these things. They're approving God's enemies, walking with God's enemies, not separating themselves, not listening to the Word of God, not getting their prayer closets, not going to church, not doing the things God told them to do. And they get in this place where they get stagnant. And when you find stagnant water on a river and places like that, all the trash and junk floats down there and collects in a cesspool. You've got to have moving water like this guy had. The Holy Spirit's a type of moving water. Amen? Running water. You need to have moving water. You know what happened in the Civil War? They would wash their hands in the same pot and work on somebody with disease and they come over here and wash their tools in the same spot and they take disease from person to person to person and they're spreading disease instead of getting rid of it. You know what Leviticus said? Running water. Run the water. Get rid of it. Flush the disease out. You know what you need? You need running water. You need living water. Amen? And the devil wants us to get in a stagnant pond like the Dead Sea. Amen? We can lose faith in God. People's lost confidence in God. People no longer want to serve God and live for God. And they got things in their life and they can't figure out where the answer's at. The answer's in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We heard uh, Peacock preach not too long ago about a man chopping with an axe head over there in Second Kings. And he chops and he loses the axe head. And he said, oh, Lord, <laughs> the axe head. <laughs> he was worried about it. And he said, where would you lose it? He said, right over there. See, a lot of people miss the will of God. Amen. They run away from God. And he said, where would you get out? You got to get back in where you got out at. Amen. Danny Farley said they, have a, uh, they lived on a farm and a cow would jump the fence. And he said, you gotta, you gotta, you got to fix that cow that jumps fences. And he said his daddy had an old pickup truck. And he'd get out there and chase that old cow. And he'd come up behind that old cow in the field. Amen. He'd, wah, boom, hit that cow. And that cow would tumble down, spin out, control. And he'd turn that truck around. That cow would get up and take off and run it. And he'd come up behind that cow again. Wah, boom, hit it. And that cow would spin around. And he said, he said, you know what happened? That cow jumped that fence where she got out at. Amen. Amen. He encouraged that cow not to jump that fence no more. That cow said, hey, it's better on this other side. Amen. Went back. You know what God's got to do? God's got to chase you down sometimes and knock you down several times, try to get your attention and say, hey, I need God where? Where you got out at. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. 
People don't want to deal with that stuff. They can lose faith, fear of God. They can lose faith in God. They can lose fellowship with God. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have what? Fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, what? Cleanses from all sin. Amen. Listen, we can get out of fellowship with God. We can walk in darkness. And we can get ourselves in a lot of trouble. Amen. I don't want to lose fellowship with God. I want to hear His voice. I want Him to talk to me. I want this book to talk to me. Amen. I'm afraid to get to a place, amen, where I've done something that God will shut up. Amen. I'm crying out to God. Listen, you know how many men that were saved that wound up sinning and going into jail and they're crying out to God and He's not answering them? It's not good. You understand? It can happen. We can get to that place. I don't want to get to that place. I don't want to be in that place. You can lose your fear of God. You can lose faith of God. You can lose fellowship with God. You can lose your future with God. You, what do you say? What are you talking about, preacher? I'm not saying you can lose your salvation, but you can wind up ruining your kingdom. You can wind up losing rewards. You can wind up losing treasure. You can wind up knocking years off your life. Yeah, sure can. One guy said this. I like this. He says, "Slighted convictions are miserable deathbed companions." I'm on my deathbed. I sure don't want all that stuff to start coming in. I want to be able to fellowship with God, enjoy God. Amen. Amen. Go out smiling. Going out smiling in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Amen. You can lose your finance. You can lose your health. You can lose your family. You know what else you can lose? You can lose your fight for God. How would you like to do that? One time you was a soldier for the Lord, wanting to serve the Lord, and then all of a sudden you got no desire to fight for him no more. No longer stand up and preach the truth. No longer to contend for the faith. The Bible said earnestly contend for the faith. Men don't want to do that no more. There's preachers done lost their fight. I tell you one of the surest ways you can tell a man's lost his fight. He's how's that? He took the name Baptist off the sign. Amen. He said, why? He don't want to fight for it no more. He said, that name's costing me too much problem and I want to take that name down because I don't want to stand up and fight for truth anymore. I don't want to stand anymore for Jesus Christ. I want everybody to come into my little country club and I just want to coddle everybody and love everybody. First sign they done compromised, they took the name Baptist off. Amen. Listen, I'm not saying Baptist are only one saved. I'm not talking about being a Baptist brighter, but when you say you're an old-time Baptist, that says something. Amen. You say, well, it didn't used to. What about a Waldensian? Listen, we're talking about the day and age we're in. Baptists stand for something today. They stood for something. Amen. And they no longer want to stand for that. Right. Baptists stood for the Word of God. They stood for the premillennial return of Jesus Christ. They stand for eternal security. Those things are all under attack. Salvation by grace, through faith, plus nothing, minus nothing. They're about the only crowd out there that doesn't teach baptismal regeneration. Amen. It means something. They lost their fight for God. Amen. But Jesus conquered sin. Jesus cleanses from sin. Jesus is the cure for sin. And last but not least, Jesus cares if you sin. Yeah. He doesn't want us to sin. He doesn't want us to embrace sin. Yeah, he said, love not the world nor the things in the world. Right? He doesn't, he doesn't want us to get involved in that. He said, you adulterers and adulterers, and know you're not friendship with this world and enmity with God. I don't want to be an adulterer, spiritual adulterer. I don't want to be. I don't want to be perverted in God's eyes. I want to. I want to walk with Him. 
I don't want to try to, I don't want to be like Chuck Swindoll and sell my King James Bible for a $75,000 check from Thomas Nelson Publishers. You understand what I'm saying? I want that book. I don't care what the price tag is. You understand? I ultimately already know that this book may cost me my life. I saw then it would be headed for what? The Word of God. I had a preacher come up and say, I don't know if I'd die for the Word of God. That's what the Bible says over here. There's a bunch of them that do. Yep. You know what I found is worth dying for? Jesus Christ and the Word right. of God. Amen? The testimony. Yeah. Right? Which they held. They overcame the devil how? By the, word of, by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Yeah. I want to overcome the devil how? This book. Yeah. This book. Yep. This is the one they all want to attack. This is the one they're all giving up in. Yeah, come on. When they give up on this book, they're giving ground to the devil, and the devil goes, <laughs> I got him now. Yep. There is. Where most of them guys learning that? In their closets, in their Bible studies, reading commentaries, and they learn they learn all that in a classroom. The number one battlefield for the devil today is in the classrooms of Bible students and Bible, where men are training preachers. Yep. God is my helper. I'll never train you that that book's got a mistake in it. God is my helper. I'll build your faith in that book Amen. and in Jesus Christ and not on me. It's that book. Amen. That book's the answer. Right. There's no mistake in it. It's right. incorruptible, undefiled. Amen. Amen. I serve an incorruptible God right. who has an incorruptible book that's infallible, inerrant. Yep. No error. Amen. And I'll say one more. It's inspired. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Amen. The words I speak into their spirit and their life. Sure. Amen. Being born again, not a corruptible seed, but, but incorruptible. By the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. The word of God is sharper than any yeah. two-edged sword. It's quick and powerful. Amen. Amen. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for being so good.